We're very glad that she is here today. She's doing kids' church, so if there's any kids that'd like to go do that, she's going to do a great job today. I don't know about you, but I love to pull for the underdog. If I'm ever watching a sports event and they give me stats for a team that I'm just neutral on, and they give me some stats and there's an underdog in the fight, I'll usually pull for the underdog. We love to pull for the underdog. There's been plenty of sports events, there's been plenty of things that we've seen in our lives where that has been a big thing. And you heard it, been, it has been said that the bigger they are, okay, there's a few of you that have heard that, so now that everybody's heard it, let's do that together. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You've heard this idea of David and Goliath probably all your life. If you've ever heard of David and Goliath, raise your hand. I'll see. Most of the rooms heard of David and Goliath. Of all the battles and of all the stories in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, David and Goliath is probably the most popular. Probably many of you already know how the story turns out. You know that David was the one that seemed to be uh, the underdog. He was the smaller of the two. But today I want you to come and try to come with fresh eyes and a fresh mind. Even though you've heard this before, my job as the pastor before you today is to bring to you a fresh insight, a fresh look that's going to apply to your life. This is not just a, an, an, an story, a story that's in the Bible. This isn't just something that's been proposed as a possibility. This is a real happening that has taken place. So today we're going to come into this, and this is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I want us to begin by defining for you the word Goliath. Because we know the story that there is this Goliath and he's big, he's large, he's huge. But how are we going to define Goliath today? I want us to begin with this definition, if you will. A Goliath is defined like this, that which intimidates, overwhelms, and attacks your faith in the living God. I'm going to say that again. Somebody might want to jot that on the corner of your notes or something. Goliath is that which intimidates, overwhelms, and attacks your faith in a holy and living God. I want to begin with that definition because I don't want us going into this and just think it would be like Johnson High School taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. This isn't one of those things where we've got this big team and this little team. I don't want us to think of this like it's a big bill that you've got due. I don't want us to think of Goliath like it's, it's, it's something that is just you, you can put your finger on. Because Goliath is defined here as intimidating, overwhelming, and attacking the very faith of God. So we're going to get into this because first off, this is not a miracle story. Now that might blow some of your minds because you may have always thought of this like a miracle. This is not a miracle story, nor is this simply a story about one person who had a lot of faith. It's much deeper than that. And that's where we're going to go today. So stay tuned because many of you in this room, you are facing a Goliath in, in your life right now. There's a Goliath going on that is overwhelming you and, and, and we need to talk about that today. So... God never promised, listen to me church, God never promised that your life would be vacant of Goliaths. 
God never promised this side of the room that you'd never have a Goliath show up in your life. Nor did he promise this side of the room that there would never be a Goliath that would be present in your life. And right here in the middle, I want you to know that if a Goliath has shown up in your life, it didn't surprise God. He never promised he would keep those away. But what he has promised and what he has given us is that Goliath does not have to rule and run our life. Come on now, church, listen to me. Goliath does not have to run and rule your life today. So, let's look at the, the anatomy of, of, a Goli- of a Goliath or Goliath. Let's look at this. We're in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. Your header for that chapter is going to say Goliath's challenge or David and Goliath. And we're going to dive into this entire chapter, most of it anyway. And we're going to look at the anatomy of Goliaths in your life. First thing is this, that... Goliaths are intimidating and they're overwhelming. If there's something going on in your life and it's intimidating you and it's overwhelming, it it is quite possibly it's a Goliath. If you feel like it's too much for you to handle, it's probably a Goliath. Let's look in verse 4 of chapter 17. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath. Now, first off, it says he's a champion. You know what that means? It means that he's beat a whole lot of people. It means that he's probably undefeated. He is the number one. He is the man. Somebody say, Goliath was the man. man. He was the man. He was a champion. And it goes on from there and talks about his armor. And it says that he was was nine feet, somewhere around nine feet, six inches, nine feet, nine inches, something like that. Not only was Goliath the man, he was big. Somebody say, Goliath was big. Not only was he a champion, he was big. And let me tell you, when the, the Israelites looked and saw this guy, if, if they just saw him and he didn't say a thing, he would be intimidating. But it became very overwhelming because of him. He had a shaft, uh, uh, the shaft and the spear that he would put between his shoulder blades in the back. Just the head of that thing was 25 pounds. His armor that he was wearing was close to 200 pounds. Anybody here able to just carry around 200 pounds with no problem? Nobody. This dude was big. He was strong. He was intimidating. And he was a champion. But as we look at this, not only was he physically, when you look at him, but what he said was very intimidating. Because in verse 8, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in battle array? Don't you understand how intimidating that is? Why do you even show up? That's the Clyde Mountain version right there, okay? I just translated that for you so some of you can get it. Why, why are you even showing up? Am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? I'm the man. You ain't nothing. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. Again, the Philistine was saying, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that, will, that we may fight together. Look at what happened to Saul and his entire army. Verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly 
afraid. His size was intimidating and his words were overwhelming. Let me tell you today that what happens in our lives is Goliaths will, will come and they begin to be a little intimidating and then they become very overwhelming for us. It doesn't just stop with what we see, it continues. And here is, here is the, the result. These people, they were dismayed and afraid. As a matter of fact, look over at verse 24. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. All of these warriors were afraid of this one man. They were scared. They were trembling. They were afraid. But don't miss the fact that Goliath will do his greatest work in the valley of your life. Look at verse number 2, if you will. I don't want you to miss this in verse 2. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah. They were in the valley when Goliath shows up, and that intimidating Goliath became overwhelming in the valley. Let me, let me just, just walk with you just for a moment. In your life, when you're walking through the valley... Goliath will look bigger and more intimidating and more overwhelming than any other time in your life. If you're walking through a valley today, let me tell you, the Goliath that you're facing, he's going to look intimidating. He's going to be overwhelming. He's going to be something that just seems to be out of your hands and out of your control. The Goliaths in your life will hit you when you're in the valley. That's when he's going to come at you and attack as a matter of fact, I want us to talk about that just for a moment. The second thing is this. Goliath attacks your faith. He attacks your identity. And he attacks your hope. We can see how this has happened in the lives of these people who are, who are warriors, who are fighting. They're out there with all the gear and they're ready to take on a Goliath or an army. But yet this one person, this Goliath, they're going, ah, I don't want anything to do with it. Because when he came out, they'd run the other way. Now, there's something that you need to know about this story. Goliath did not just come out one time and say what he did. He came out in the morning and he came out in the evening. So twice a day, this Goliath would come out and he would say the same things to the people. Why are you even showing up? <laughs> you guys ain't nothing. I'm the champion. I'm the man. Send somebody out to fight me. In the morning, in the evening, he would blurt this out. He defied Israel and its God. Every morning, every evening. How long? For 40 days. Listen to me. Forty days these men in battle array had to listen to this Goliath come after. There's somebody here today who's in the valley that Goliath has been coming after. And he's been coming in the morning. He's been coming in the evening. And it seems like he will not go away. He's intimidating. He's overwhelming. He's attacking your faith. He's attacking your identity in Christ. You have given up on who you are in Christ. And you have absolutely come to a place where your hope is just almost completely gone. Let me tell you something today. That Goliath is a liar. That Goliath Goliath is nothing but an absolute liar, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Because little David was greater than Goliath ever thought he could be. The Goliaths in your life, if you're wondering if you're facing a Goliath, 
Are you intimidated? Are you overwhelmed? Is your faith being attacked? Is your hope being removed? Is your identity in Christ being stripped away? Because my God said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are you being intimidated by somebody at work? Are you being intimidated by somebody at school? Are you being intimidated by somebody in your family? Let me tell you something. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. So according to God's word and your identity as a child of God, you can stand with confidence as Moses did. You can stand with confidence as David did. You can stand with confidence and stare that medical report right straight in the eye. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you know who you, who's your physician? Your physician isn't doctor whatever his name is there that you can't pronounce and you have to just use an initial. Anybody got a doctor like that? Dr. R, Dr. H? Because you just can't pronounce their last name. Let me tell you the doctor that you actually have. His name is Dr. J, Dr. Jesus. He is the great physician. He is the healer. He is the one who, who took the stripes so that we could be healed of our sins. You may think the Goliath of what you've done in your life is too much, but let me tell you something. My Jesus died on the cross for all of your sins, not just some of your sins, not just when you got not right and you got nice, but even when you were bad, ugly, and mean, God died for all those things. So the Goliath in your life when compared to God, are nothing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Goliath will mock your faith. Goliath will attack who you are. Goliath will kill your hope. And not only that, others will join in. David shows up to the fight just to bring some food to his brothers. And he's, he leaves the food and he goes to see his brothers. And you know what his brothers did? His oldest brother mocked him. Look with me just for a second in verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother. Anybody got some family members like this guy? Listen to this. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, when, when David was asking him, who is this guy that's showing up? And Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few little sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. Anybody here ever had an older brother that just treated you like that? Just, or, or, or an older sister? Usually girls are better than boys, right? <laughs> now, here is David. And he sees this Goliath attacking all the faith of those people in Israel. And this is something God just showed me standing here. Goliath will attack those people around you so that they will be the ones to attack your faith. So be careful not to take it personally for the Word of God says in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So it may not necessarily be the battle against your brother or your boss or, or that other student or that person in your family or that person down the street or the person on Facebook. That may not be the battle. It may be that a Goliath has attacked their faith and tore them down so much that they're attacking you. And then in that moment, what's happening is you've got to make a decision. David made a decision. He wasn't going to make it about his brother. He kept his eyes focused on the Goliath. 
that was at hand. They needed David. Now, if you remember back in chapter 16, Eliab was the first one to come before Samuel. And Samuel was there, and he was going to anoint the next king, and Eliab looked like the man. Man, he looked like this would be a good king, and God said, nope, not this one. And here we see a prime example of how God knew this guy's heart, and he knew how he would respond to a Goliath. Third thing is this, Goliaths are not always what they seem. Let me tell you something today. Goliaths are not always what they seem. Maybe, maybe you need to hear it over here a little bit more. Goliaths are not always what they seem. You may have a Goliath in your life right now. It may not be all that you think it is. Because this Goliath, as we just read it, as we look at it, and as those who just glance over it or hear it in a children's Bible study or in a Sunday school or just read a little book, We'll say, well, Goliath was this big, awesome, intimidating, overwhelming. He was just the man. But here's a question that we have to ask when we read through this. Because as it talks about, you know, between verses 4 and verse 11, as we look at how intimidating he was, one of the things he had was he had a shield bearer. Somebody who would carry the shield for him. My question is, why does a man that big, that strong, that size, who's a champion, need somebody else to carry his shield? I mean, have you ever thought of that? If Goliath is all that in a bag of chips, then why does he have to get somebody else to carry his shield? Now, the second thing is, whenever Goliath is talking to David... Goliath doesn't go down to David. He says, David, he says, come over here to me. He doesn't use David's name. He don't even know his name. He just says, come over here to me. Come here to me. Why does he not go to him? Is it because he's trying to be intimidating or is there something else going on? Well, here's something very interesting that's come out in the last several years and some commentators have, have, have proposed this as a possibility. We often see Goliath in the light of man. He was, just, he was just the man. But what if, could it be on the outside he looked like something, but on the inside he was something else? Doctors have looked at some of these things and they, they have examined some of the stuff that's said in Scripture and here's what they've come up with. That he could have had something called acromegalia which swells the hands and the feet, and, 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 and it causes the, the legs to get bigger. It's an overactive pituitary gland, and it will cause tumors to happen, and tumors particularly in your brain where your vision is, and it can cause your vision to mess up so you're cross-eyed a little bit. So if Goliath is standing there and he can't really see where he's going, that would explain why when he came down into the valley to fight David, the shield bearer had to go before him so he could see where to go. It would explain why he's standing there saying, Come over here. I'll take care of you. I'll take you out. That could be a possibility. We're not saying it is. But could it be that as all of Israel looked at Goliath, they're looking at Goliath and they're going, Man, that dude's got some muscles. Have you ever seen, seen somebody with a lot of muscles? Have you ever seen somebody and going, Great day. I wouldn't want to go up against that guy. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be honest and confess to every one of you. Every time I shake Richard Bailey's hand, I have to turn in my man card. 
that dude at his age is, is harder than a rock. He played rugby at the University of Georgia. Anybody that plays rugby, my hats go off to you. You're more of a man than I am. I mean, I may play football because I'll put on some pads and a helmet, but you ain't going to get me out there with nothing and do all that stuff. But here is Goliath, and when you look at him, he looks big. He looks intimidating. He's got that voice. He says those things that cause you to go, uh, Yeah, I'm going back to my tent. <laughs> I'm over here. Coach, I don't want to be in the game. Uh, coach, my, my, my knee's hurting. I need to be back in the tent. Yeah, there's something going on, Coach. I, I, this, this ain't going to work. But could it be that what they saw on the outside was not fully what was going on the inside of Goliath? But even if that is the case, I want us to understand that it did not matter whether he had a medical condition or not. David was not concerned with that. David wasn't concerned whether he called, called uh, him closer to him or from far away. David brought a gun to a knife fight, ladies and gentlemen. David was pre precise. He was proficient. He knew how to use that weapon. He knew how to use his gun. And Goliath, of all guys, when he looked out there and he saw David, he should have recognized this is one of those guys that fling rocks. If he could see good, he'd been going, yeah, he don't need to get close. I don't need to get him closer so he gets a better shot. But yet he says, come closer. And David reaches in his pouch. Pulls out his little rock. Puts it in his pouch. Slings that thing. But before we get to what happens, we got to talk about what was said. Because what gave Goliath his enormous ability to be intimidating could have very well been the very thing that brought his demise. What about the Goliath in your life? You may be looking and seeing this. This is overwhelming. This is too much. I can't handle this. I can't deal with this. But what if in, intricately designed inside of that is something that will cause it all to fall apart if you just trust in a holy and living God? So let's not miss this. I want you to understand that if you're intimidated and overwhelmed today, i got a truth I want you to write down. Goliath slayers. If you want to be a Goliath slayer in your life, if you want to get rid of a Goliath that's overwhelming you today, Goliath slayers see Goliath in the relationship to God rather than how Goliath simply looks and what he seems to be and what he appears. Listen, Goliath slayers looks beyond the, the superficial and sees something much deeper and more powerful. It's not what is seen that is important. It's what's not seen that is important. See, if all you see is what you see, then you probably don't see what really needs to be seen because what needs to be seen is what you can't see. Did anybody write that down? Because I do not think I can repeat that. If you think your Goliath is only measured by what you can see, you're missing a point. Because check this out. I don't know if anybody's ever explained this to you. Chapter 17 is not absent from chapter 16. In chapter 16, Samuel comes to anoint the king of Israel, the new king. He comes and he is looking at the, the sons of Jesse in Bethlehem. 
He goes to anoint the oldest, which is Eliab. And God says something in chapter 16, verse 7, that is critical. The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now you may see, Pastor, how in the world does that have anything to do with David and Goliath? Hold on with me. Hold on with me just for a moment. Because God is saying it's not what's on the outside that matters, it's what's on the inside that matters. Whenever you see the anointing of David, he goes back to the shepherd's field to be faithful and honest. And let me tell you, you know where David got prepared to fight Goliath? It wasn't when he was in front of Goliath. It was when he was in the field alone with the Lord. You cannot get yourself ready to fight Goliath if you ain't spending some time with the Lord to prepare your heart and your mind for the battle. You will lose. You will absolutely be defeated by Goliath if that spiritual side is not taken care of. David was prepared when he was out there with those sheep, when he was out there praising God. While he was a worshiper and a shepherd, that prepared him to be a warrior for the Lord. And as he's out there in the field, something happens to Saul, the king. The Spirit of the Lord left Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord began to terrorize Saul. If anybody has a question about that, you need to listen to last week's message so you can understand that better. But here was a man on the outside that was being terrorized and he was going absolutely crazy. And they brought in some music to help calm him down and the evil spirit would leave. And I believe because the Lord was on David and not on Saul, that evil spirit would leave as he played that music. So there again, we see the outward appearance of Saul was a mess. And inside, the Spirit of, of God had left him. But we look at David, and the heart of David was a worshiper. Again, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We come to this situation, and you look at Goliath, and you look on the outside, and he looks intimidating and overwhelming. The words he would speak was more than you could handle. But when you look at David, you go, I'm not putting my money on him. You know who was probably the tallest of all those in the entire army? Saul. Because the Word of God says he was head and shoulders above everybody else. You know who should have been out there facing Goliath? Saul. Because he was the biggest. But he wasn't. He was hiding. Again, it wasn't what was on the outside. It was what was on the inside that was revealing itself. Goliath looked intimidating on the outside. Saul was afraid and he was running away on the inside. And now here comes David. And when you look at him, why, he ain't nothing to look at. But David did not like what was going on. As a matter of fact, he said in this chapter, Who in the world is this fool out there mocking our God? Who is this guy? Where does he think he's, he's coming from? And everybody else was like, David, are you crazy? And finally, he goes to Saul, the king, and, and, and here, is, here is some good stuff. Read with me in verse 33. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. David, you ain't nothing. You can't fight this guy. What are you thinking? What are you talking about? But after 40 days of this going on, a king will become desperate to find deliverance. 
You know, the Goliath in your life may continually be going on because you're going to have to get to a place where you're desperate before you'll either become a David or a David will step up in your life to fight the battle for you. So here we are in verse 34. But David said to Saul, This is about to get, get good. David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Okay, maybe somebody missed that, but he was talking about a lion. Anybody want to wrestle a lion today? Anybody want dreaming of having a career where you get in a cage with nothing but a lion and it's just you and that lion and you get to take out that lion or that bear? Anybody willing to do that career? I'm not. But David was not afraid of that because he had fought that bear. He had fought that lion. He looked at that giant. He said, he ain't nothing. I mean, I've grabbed a, a lion by its, by its mane and I've struck that lion. <laughs> this is a cool thought. Think about what David had back in his tent. He had the head of a lion and a head of a bear. <laughs> and he didn't shoot it with no gun. He just took it on with his hand. I grew up scared to death of bears. And I don't know why I did this. But as a teenager, I would get this, 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 this uh, outdoor magazine and I'd read these stories about people being attacked by bears and them grabbing their heads and biting them in their stomach and their back. And I started having nightmares. And you know what I did? I kept reading the crazy stories. <laughs> Finally, I stopped reading those stories so the nightmares would go away. I got news for you. If I see a bear... Unless I'm on my honeymoon and I'm at Cade's Cove and everybody's running to get a picture, I'm going to run the other way. <laughs> but here is David, not intimidated, not overwhelmed. He has not in any way come to a place where he's going, my faith, my identity, and my hope is not at all diminished because of that Goliath. He is looking at that Goliath and realizing exactly what that Goliath truly is. Verse 36, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear in this uncircumcised Philistine. You know what he just did? He just went spiritual. Because God made a promise to, to Israel that he would be with them through the thick, through the thin, through the bad, through the ugly. And it was because when they were circumcised, it made them part of a covenant that God said, I am there for you no matter what. But they would turn their back on God and God would have to say, well, you got it your way. But David looks at this Philistine. He don't just see a Philistine. He says, that dude's not even part of God's covenant. Why are we worried about him? God's much bigger than he is. David got spiritual. He knew where to look first. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. See, he understood David's not just messing with you. He's messing with God. The Goliath in your life is not messing with just you. He's messing with your God. When you are a child of God and you're connected to him, that Goliath is attacking God, not you. So get out of the way and let God do the fighting, ladies and gentlemen. So as he is talking to Saul, verse 37, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and may the Lord be with you. At this point, Saul is just looking for deliverance. The Lord was not with Saul anymore. 
I don't know how Saul may have said this. It may have been just in a, well, God be with you. I'll see you at your funeral idea. Or may the Lord be with you to deliver us. We don't know exactly how, what his attitude of his heart was. But at that moment, Saul said something that did not apply to himself. The Lord was not with Saul anymore. But he tells David, may the Lord be with you. And Saul tries to dress him up in his own armor. Can I tell you what will happen at work or at school? When you start talking about your Goliath, everybody around you is going to start putting armor on you and telling you how to fight your battle. You know, there's going to be times in your life when you've got trouble staring you right in the face. And there are going to be people around you telling you what you probably should do and you need to do to fix it and, and how you ought to take care of this and how you need to take care of that. And if you would only do what they're saying, everything will be better. Can I tell you something? The only one who can fight your battle for Goliath is you unless God sends a David into your life. God has given you the empowerment and the anointing to be able to fight these Goliaths. And you've got to throw off what everybody else is saying and cling to what God has made you to be. And you have to learn and grow to be that which God has called you to be. Saul put his armor on him and it just didn't fit. He had never tried it, so he took it all off. He said, I'm, I'm going as who I am. And it actually says that David said to Saul, he took it off and he said, he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. All David had was a stick in his hand, five rocks in his pocket, and a sling. He didn't have mail, he didn't have a shield, he didn't even have a sword, but he went out. To fight this Goliath because that's who God had prepared him to be in the shepherd's field. It was what was on the inside of David that mattered more than what was on the... Saul tried to make it about the looks and what to do and what people would think about him. But the God had made it about who he truly was. Today, if you are trying to fight your Goliath and you're worried about what everybody else says, be more worried about what God has already said rather than what other people are saying about you and your Goliath. Make sure you're following him. So here is David. He goes out. He faces this Philistine. And on the outside, it doesn't even look like it'll be much of a fight. Most people judge by the outward appearance. But David didn't. As a matter of fact, let's look. Let's look here in chapter 17, verse 43. As David is standing there and he's come down and, and, and the Philistine has come out. Verse 40, the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? How many sticks does David have in his hand? Why is Goliath saying sticks? I'm just saying, could it be that he had a little cross-eyed going on with his disease? Could it be that he saw something that wasn't there because God needed him to see something that wasn't there because God was about to defeat him even though the people over there who were so afraid of him didn't realize exactly what was going on inside, inside of him. I hope somebody wrote that down. I'll never be able to say that again. God wanted to do something great and only David stepped up to the challenge. Philistine said, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, attacked his faith. The Philistine also said to David, 
Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Let's get real for a second. You come to me with a sword and a javelin and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you and I will give you the, your dead bodies uh, of the armies of this Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. The Goliath thought that he had David. But David was like, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts of all of Israel. The one you've been taunting, the one you've been you know, saying things about for 40 days. He's about to just kick your butt. Oh, is Jane in here? <laughs> He's about to kick your tail. And there was David, and there was Goliath. And all of Israel was watching to see what would happen. And there it was. He reached into his thing. And you know what's cool? Look at verse 48. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. You know what he did with the lion and the bear? Do you remember what he did? When the lion and the bear showed up and grabbed a sheep, David took off after him. And when the Goliath showed up, he was like, come on, boy. He took off after him. He ran after Goliath. And when he got, got there, he, whoo, and he let that rock go, bam, right between the eyes and Goliath. It, it was basically just two hits. Goliath got hit, and then Goliath hit the ground. That was it. Goliath thought he was something. He intimidated an entire nation. What Goliath in your life is intimidating you? What's going on that's overwhelming you? What's intimidating you to a point where your hope is gone, your faith is fading, your identity in Christ, God's not there. It's just not working out the way I thought God would work it out. What must I do? What must I do? Well, let me tell you, nobody understands the battle that you're facing more than you do. The Goliath in your life is your Goliath. It's your Goliath. And it's only through the power of the Lord of hosts that He will help you defeat the Goliath. You can get all the counseling in the world, but if God is not at work in your heart and your mind, there, there won't be any help. He has to be molding and shaping you. What must I do? Number one, remember what God has already done. Let me tell you something. When David was in the shepherd's field and that lion showed up, can, can you imagine being a kid and you see this lion for the very first time? It had to be intimidating. It had to be scary. I know I would be scared, but I don't know if it was the first or second time, but David said, uh-uh, you ain't doing that, that to my sheep. He took off after that lion. 
That bear shows up. Uh-uh, you ain't doing that to my sheep. And he took off after that bear. Both times defeating those. And that prepared him. See, David remembered how the Lord had delivered before so that when he was faced with a Goliath much bigger than a lion or a bear, he was like, God's delivered before. He'll do it again because this ain't my battle. It's the Lord's. God prepared him and David remembered the victories. God does not give you victories in your life and, and provide for you for you to forget about them. He does it to build your faith so you can remember these things. God does not waste victories. Chuck Swindoll said, So often when facing our own giants, we forget what we ought to remember, and we remember what we ought to forget. We remember how we are nothing, and we cannot make any headway. And we forget that God is the one that will bring any victory that we have. We remember our defeats, and we forget our victories most of us in this room can recite the failures one by one, but if we were to list the victories, it would be a short, slow list as we make it. Second thing is this, not only do you need to remember what God has already done, but know that the battle belongs to the Lord and not me. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is His, not yours. I don't know what your intimidating giant is today. It may relate to your job. It may be a roommate. It could be your school or somebody at your school. It might be a person. It could be a lawsuit. It could be unemployment. It could be a disaster. It could be a bill. It could be a doctor's report. It, it could be your spouse, your parents, or your, or your kids. Perhaps it is some fear that is lurking right around the corner. But let me tell you something today. It might be sucking your energy and draining your faith, but the Lord God has not changed, and He will fight for you and bring you victory, and you can overcome this Goliath when you walk in the ways of the Lord and you don't see Goliath as the big, intimidating, overwhelming, faith-stealing, uh, hope-ripping-away hope type of Goliath, but you see it as... Goliath, compared to my God, you ain't nothing. Goliath looked big when compared to everybody else, but compared to God, boop, he was nothing. The Goliath in your life, when stacked up to a holy and living God, can be defeated. Today, you may feel like you are already defeated. Maybe you feel like today you're overwhelmed and you can't go no more. Maybe you feel like today that there's no way out. That what's looming on the horizon is more than you can handle. But what I want to call on you today is to be a David. Remember the things God has already done in your life. To understand who you are in Jesus Christ. Because when Christ died on the cross to save your soul, He forgave you of all your sins. He empowered you to be a child of God, to be holy. Yeah, I said holy. Did you know everybody you're sitting next to that belongs to Jesus Christ is holy? In God's eyes, because of the blood of Christ, you've been made holy and you are a saint. Start acting like one. You have been chosen, you're royal. You are beloved. 
Don't let the Goliath take that away from you. God has not forgotten you. God is right there with you in all of this fight, in all of the battle, in all of what Goliath is trying to destroy in your life. God is right there because of Christ and what He did on the cross. We don't have to worry about God's Spirit not being in us. It dwells here. And we can stand in the fight. Now listen, this battle was against a Goliath that was going against God. Do not take this message and walk out the door and think, I'm just going to be courageous. God's going to fight for me and you're going to go beat somebody up, okay? That's not what this message is about. This message is about identifying that Goliath in your life and then approaching it with the understanding that this battle is between that Goliath and the Lord and I just need to be obedient and do what God has got me ready to do. God's got somebody ready today to be a David. And you just need the encouragement to step out. To get out there and see that Goliath for what that Goliath truly is. As absolutely nothing to be feared and to be worried about in light of a holy and living God in your life. Somebody today needs a David in your life. You are scared to death. You're worried. You're, you're pushed down. You're hurting people around you. And you are in a mess. And you need a David to rise up and to fight a Goliath in your life so that you will no longer be afraid. Today, let me tell you something. If you want a challenge for the next seven days, here it is. Tell somebody about how God's already fought for you in your life. Tell somebody about how God has already fought for you in your life and brought victory. And today, if you do not know Jesus Christ, you need Him fighting for you. He fought for your soul when He died on the cross. When He left heaven and came to earth, He fought for your soul, for your eternity. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to throw it to the side? Are you going to neglect that? Are you going to wait till you get all the answers in your life? Or are you just going to trust God? One of the things I love about what Cameron said in her testimony, she said, Lord, I just completely trust you. Does Cameron have all the answers? She's a teenage girl. She thinks she does. (laughs) But she don't know how to answer all the questions. But what she has done, she's begun a journey that will give her more than just answers to questions. Today, I don't know where you are with Christ, but if you do not know Christ, if you have not accepted Him, if you do not have a relationship with Him, you'll never understand what it's like to defeat a Goliath. Yeah, maybe you might be on a sports team that takes down a team bigger than you, but that is nothing compared to when God defeats a Goliath in your life. So let me tell you, Goliaths don't show up for one game. They're there every day in the morning and in the night, and they're calling out to destroy your very soul. And when God fights for you, when you put your place yourself in a position where you just say, God, I trust you, the battle is the Lord's. So today, if you do not know Jesus Christ and you've been trying to fight the battle on your own, may I implore you to accept Him as your Savior. To ask Him to forgive you and take over your life so the Holy Spirit can come dwell within you. So that you can stand and fight in the battle. Because yes, He did, and yes, He can. When it comes to your battle in your life, He has already shown up in other people's lives. He's shown up in Scripture, and He will show up in your life when we surrender our life to Christ. 
So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do not know Jesus today, if you have not begun a relationship with Him, then I implore you right now to ask God to forgive you and take over your life. Don't wait on me. Don't wait on me to say something for you to repeat because it's not about me. It's about you and a holy living God. Ask Him right now. Ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to take over your life. Because I can tell you He wants to do it more than you ever wanted it. Receive Jesus now as your Lord and Savior. For those of us in this room who are fighting Goliaths, who are faced with a battle that's intimidating and overwhelming, that's stealing our identity, our faith, our hope. Let me tell you something, that Goliath is not all it seems to be. So this morning, will you surrender this battle to the Lord? Let Him fight it. You can just simply say, Lord, the battle belongs to you. It's not mine anymore. I'm reminded of a story that I'm going to tell you real quickly and then we're going to stand and sing and you are welcome to come up front. I recently got to know a young man well, particularly on the mission trip. And out of the blue, he confesses that he's been vaping since he was 12 years old. Introduced by his father, to it when he was seven. I remember him saying, I can't do this, I've tried. But after praying with him and hanging with him and sticking with him, I want you to know he's completely been set free. Amen. He's no longer doing it. Just spoke to him recently. Praise God. Let me tell you something today. The Goliaths want to hold on to you and somebody here may be struggling with an addiction or something that just absolutely you cannot get rid of and you want to get rid of. Let me implore you today to come down front and just, just like David went toward the Goliath, would you come down here and surrender the battle to the Lord this morning? As we stand, we're going to sing and people are going to be down here to pray with you. Would you come right now? Stand right now. One, two, three, stand up. Come right now. Let's pray for you. Let's pray together today that you may be set free.